We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Krzyzewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition as we come to you to break down the OKC Thunder's loss in the nation's capital to the Washington Wizards, 122-118. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin, coming to you. If you're on the live stream tonight with a very late post-game podcast, I had some things to take care of after the game tonight, then ate dinner, showered, hung out for a little bit, and I was just going to record this episode um, not streaming, but I decided, you know what? There might be a few Thunder fans hanging out at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night who want to jump in to the live stream. So here we are before we dive in to breaking down this game. I want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we are the official podcast of SI Thunder. Once again, Oklahoma City drops to the Washington Wizards in a high-scoring affair, 122-118. to um, Kind of a surprising game as far as the offense is concerned. Oklahoma City has been struggling to get to 100 points uh, pretty frequently recently tonight. They scored 31 points in the first quarter, 30 points in the second quarter, 32 points in the third quarter. They were at 93 points going into the fourth quarter, um, which was very surprising. 93 points is feels like more than they've scored since the turn of the new year. The offense was clicking. Now the Washington wizards were without, uh, their, their all-star, Bradley Beal tonight as he got pregame placed into health and safety protocols for a second time this season, which kind of interesting. Uh, Bradley Beal, I think, is pretty widely known to uh, not be vaccinated. So I'm sure that plays a little bit of a role in this as well. But once again, the Thunder play a highly competitive game that comes down the stretch. They have a chance uh, to win the game in the final three or four minutes and just come up short. On and I guess we could start at right at the end of the game. There, they come up short on they were down three. It was a tie game, 
Contavious Caldwell Pope banks in a three-pointer um, to put the Wizards up three. Oklahoma City calls a timeout. Uh, they run an ATO, an after-timeout play, drawn up by head coach Mark Dagnall, which was a beautiful, beautiful set. Uh, led to Josh Giddy inbounding to Lou Dort. Uh, no, sorry, he inbounded. I, I can't remember who he inbounded inbound the ball to, but, but they caught it on the elbow. Lou Dort came around on a pin down screen. Uh, the ball got tossed to him wide open for three. Um, a shot that I honestly felt really comfortable with Lou taking. I know uh, the stats suggest that he's a much better corner three point shooter than above the break, but he was wide open. He had it right there pulled up and it was short by about two feet. Airballed the shot. Uh, goes out of bounds, and then from there, the writing was kind of on the wall. The Thunder tried to play it out, ended up fouling. Um, I think it was Kuzma who went to the line, hit one of two. The Thunder were down four with about 12 seconds left, and that was the game. Um, but again, the Thunder, very competitive in this one. Kind of your ideal tank game where the team plays well. It's a close game down the stretch. It's highly entertaining, and then they lose at the end. So lots of stuff to talk about in this game. Uh, players, themes. Uh, I'm kind of glad I'm doing this one later than immediately post-game because it just came across about 20 minutes ago that Contavious Caldwell Pope and Montrez Harrell from the Wizards uh, tried to fist fight each other at halftime. So that's fun. Uh, seems like Harrell was upset that Caldwell Pope did not pass him the ball towards the end of the half. He said some stuff. They started jawing back and forth ended up uh, swinging at each other, not connecting, getting in your classic uh, NBA shoving match, uh, and the teammate, their teammates split them up. So that's the interesting thing from, uh, from the Wizards' side, besides the fact that you know Bradley Beal, I mentioned this earlier, did not play. Uh, we'll get into a little more Wizards stuff in a second. I think it would be negligent of me to not start off. I mean, I, I covered the end of the game, but to really kick us off here to talk about Shea's bounce back tonight against the Denver Nuggets a couple of nights ago, two of 12 from the field, uh, single digit scoring Shea, arguably one of like one of the roughest nights of his season and maybe of his Oklahoma city career, just really, really struggled um, tonight in 35 minutes. Shea took 22 shots, 13 of 22 from the field, one of two from three, which is maybe the most surprising thing to me. He only took two three-pointers, five of six from the free throw line, ended up with 32 points, eight assists, three rebounds, uh, only two turnovers, no steals, no blocks. Just an all-out assault at the rim. The Wizards didn't know what to do with Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, whenever he attacked off the dribble. He got to his spots whenever he wanted he was finishing at the rim, blowing by, by blowing by guys, getting to the basket and finishing very easily. That led into him getting to his little uh, drive in and lower his shoulder and, and lean on his defender a little bit and then step back and hit his little mid-range jumper. Uh, he had it all going tonight, except the three. Only took two shots from three. Both looked good. One rattled in and one just splat, or one rattled out, I'm sorry, and the other one, the one that went in, just splashed in and looked very nice. So 50% from, from three, albeit on low volume, but 13 of 22, 59% from the field tonight for 32 points. 
you got to love that. A massive bounce back game for Shea. He looked like he was determined. He was going to be incredibly aggressive from the tip. And that is exactly what he did. And you love to see it after a guy struggles like that in a game, uh, your star player, you love to see them come back and get at it. And that's exactly what Shea did. Also, after that Denver game, there was some talk um, amongst Thunder fans on Thunder podcasts, on on uh, social media amongst Thunder fans, questioning the fit between Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy. And I think that's totally fair to bring up. Um, they they have definitely seemed to play more of a your turn, my turn type of game versus um, really benefiting from one another, really playing off of one another. We mentioned this on our Sunday night show after that Denver game. That Saturday at practice, Coach Mark Dagnalt talked about that and said that he wanted Shea to be more active uh, and more mobile off the ball whenever Giddy was handling the ball. If you watch especially if you go back and you watch film from earlier in the season and you just focus strictly on Shea Gilgis-Alexander and you don't watch where the ball is going, whenever he doesn't have the ball, he's typically standing about five feet beyond the three-point line waiting to catch a pass so he can isolate and go one-on-one. He's not cutting. He's not screening. He's not moving, making the defense think. Um, He's not playing off of Josh Giddey. He's just kind of getting out of the way and waiting for his turn. Whereas the flip side, I feel like we've seen Josh Giddy cut and screen and move more whenever Shea has the ball and Josh doesn't. So there was a lot of talk recently about can these two players play together? Now, I think that talk is way, way, way too premature. They are into not uh, barely at the halfway point of Josh Giddy's first season. Um, chemistry takes time. Right, They'll get there. I'm not worried about them getting there. I think they both want to get there, and that's the most important thing. But with that being said, and I I tweeted this tonight after the game, the two of them combined for 50 points on 21 of 37 shooting, which is really good efficiency, 50 points and 16 assists. Josh Giddy tonight, 18, 8, and 6. Also had two steals. Um, Josh was eight of 15 from the floor, a very efficient night, 53%, two of six from three. Uh, Josh, I believe is up to 10 of 20 from three since returning from health and safety protocols. The three point shots looking a little better for him. The two of them tonight were really the stars of the show for the thunder. Uh, and that's exactly what you want to see. Cause those are your two, really your two building blocks. Also, I just thought, <laughs> Uh, a few fascinating things. Number one, Giddy played more time than Shea tonight by about uh, one minute. Uh, also on NBA.com on their box score tonight, it says Josh Giddy played 35 minutes and 60 seconds, which would just be 36 minutes. Uh, I don't know why they have it at 60 seconds and not at just 36 minutes, which is kind of funny. Um, somebody at NBA.com has a typo on the box score, and that that is amusing to me. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the two of them tonight were really the story for OKC, uh, setting players up. Shea was extremely aggressive to start the game, and then started whenever Washington adjusted to that, started to set up teammates. That's where those eight assists come from. Josh Giddy, uh, just doing a little bit of everything tonight, finishing at the rim, hitting threes, um, going to that patented floater he has. Um, 
and then uh, assisting like crazy. Obviously, the the prettiest one of the night was in this. I think at the right at, right at the beginning of the second quarter, a a out of timeout play designed by Mark Dagnall that got Trey Mann coming off a pin down downhill uh, and Josh throwing him an alley oop, which was pretty pretty impressive. Um, Trey can get the f up. Uh, we've seen that before. I'm glad that they uh, ran an alley-oop for him because I think that's a lot of fun. So speaking of of Trey Mann, let's get to some other Thunder players real quick. Um, Aaron Wiggins, very inefficient night, one of six from the field, only two points, uh, six rebounds. He only played 17 minutes. Lou Dort had a decent night, uh, only two of seven from three, but ended with 17 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Felt like he was very engaged defensively. Robinson Earl, two of four from three, which is nice. But I want to get to the bench. The the bench is what I want to talk about. So Kenrich Williams missed tonight's game. He'll miss the next few games as he is in health and safety protocols. Uh, He entered health and safety protocols, uh, I believe, Monday morning. Uh, I think, don't quote me on this. I think Monday technically is day zero for his quarantine process. Uh, So he would then be out. Tuesday is day one, Wednesday is day two, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is day five. He can come out of quarantine after five days, which would bring him back on Sunday. I believe the Thunder play on Saturday night. They do not have a Sunday night game. So that's going to put Kenrich out for three full games, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And it's become well known that he's the stabilizer of the bench. He's he's a great voice in the locker room. Um, he really encourages those guys off the bench. He holds them to a high standard, make sure they come in ready to play. He was not available tonight, but in his stead, I thought the Thunder bench played wonderfully. Uh, combined, the bench went for, I'm going to do some quick maths here. That's 25, 30, 42, I believe 42 bench points for the Thunder tonight, um, which is really, really awesome. Uh, Darius Baisley had, I I've got to give it up to him. You guys have heard me on this show before, uh, really criticize Baisley. I think he's really finding a role on the bench here, uh, tonight. He had, he was five of seven from the field, two of four from three. Uh, he had 14 points, nine rebounds an assist and a block. Uh, the block was a very impressive one as none other than Corey Kispert tried to poster Darius Baisley. Bays met him at the summit, got a piece of the ball, uh, which caused Corey Kispert to get stuffed by the rim, uh, and he hit the ground. Really impressive. Um, I'm very happy that Baisley is not afraid of getting put on a poster, and he just goes up to try to block everything. Uh, you got to respect that, and he's becoming a little bit more efficient offensively. Uh, you like to see that as well. I think tonight he tried, again, a little too much to create offense. He had multiple plays where he tried to go between the legs three times, throw a crossover, and drive past somebody. And lucky for him, he got a foul call because otherwise he didn't know what the hell he was doing and it was going to end up very poorly. But when he is finishing plays, whenever he's picking and rolling to the basket, whenever he's getting out and running on the break and just trying to lay it up or dunk the basketball, that's where Baisley can be effective. Um, I know the Thunder are trying to get guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot, guys that can create offense, guys that can grab off the rim and go. But at some point, you have to realize your limitations. You have to realize what is going to get you to stay in the league, what you are good at, and what you are not good at. And 
nothing against Baisley personally. He just he cannot create offense. He just needs to finish plays. He doesn't need to try to create them. He needs to catch and shoot. He needs to catch and dunk. He needs to catch and pass. Um, this is going to sound kind of crazy, what I'm about to say, um, but let me extrapolate from it a little bit. Baisley needs to watch Patrick Patterson offensively with the Thunder. Now, Patrick Patterson sucked whenever he was with the Thunder. Like, it was bad. But the ball never stayed in his hands long. If you go back and you watch Patterson, I mean, you you can bitch about a lot of things with Patrick Patterson. I know I sure did with his three-point shooting. He was awful. But one thing you cannot complain about Patrick Patterson and his OKC tenure was the ball never stuck. Whenever he was on the court and the ball swung to him, two seconds max, he caught it and he passed it. He caught it and he shot it or he caught it and he had a straight line drive to the rim where he didn't have to try to shake somebody or get past them. That's what Baisley needs to do. I feel like if Baisley would buy into that, he would become a much more efficient uh, and really just a better player. But shout out to Baisley tonight. I thought he he had a good game. Um, He got subbed out of the game with about five minutes left. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But then he came back about a minute later. It seemed like Coach Dagnall decided to reward him with closing minutes tonight. And I think specifically to match him um, with Kyle Kuzma, who was very hot offensively tonight, been on offensive terror, Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think that 
Mark Dagnall liked that matchup with the size of Baisley over Aaron Wiggins. And Baisley had been offering some stuff offensively, uh, whereas Wiggins uh, struggled a bit tonight, which uh, pick number 55 in the draft, two-way guy starting. Um, he's been playing great. You have to expect some struggles here and there. So shout out to Baisley. I thought he had a good night. Um, we also, two more guys from the bench we have to talk about. First, Trey Mann. Um, Trey Mann, 11 points on 11 shots, not only one of five from three. But Trey just continues to do stuff, man. The three that he hit was beautiful. Um, he had the floater tonight. He's That floater has great, great, great touch. Uh, I It almost feels like it's always going to go in as long as he gets it up on the rim that it's just going to roll into the basket because of how good of touch he has on that floater. You saw tonight the step-back threes, his ability to create space. Um, the three he made, God bless Berton's soul. Um, that guy went into the spin cycle because Trey crossed the ever-loving hell out of him uh, and created about seven or eight feet of space and just pulled up and splashed the three. That's stuff you love to see. I want to continue to see more of Trey Mann, especially with the ball in his hands. He ended with 22 and a half minutes tonight. Um, that is more than Ty Jerome. That is more than Aaron Wiggins. Um, he played less minutes than Baisley, Shea, Josh, uh, barely less than JRE and Lou Dort. Um, so really he was like sixth. He was sixth most in minutes tonight. I would like to see that continue moving forward. Um, and then obviously he had, he had the dunk that the alley-oop, which was awesome. Trey. It's interesting because like you watch these players, Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been very consistent all season. But I think a lot of people, including myself, would argue that Robinson Earl's ceiling is pretty low, but he has a high floor. Like, you know what you're going to get from him every night. He's never going to be a guy that goes out and gets you 20 points a night. Uh, he's never going to be a highlight guy. He's going to be a solid, uh, fundamental basketball player who comes in and does the right thing, and you always know what to expect. But he's never going to like elevate your team. Trey Mann, on the other hand, like it feels like he has an incredibly, incredibly high ceiling. Will he get there? I don't know. Right. Um, a lot of it determined is determined on his development, uh, how he fares in Oklahoma city and how he grows and, and how much he's dedicated to it. Um, he's a sneaky six foot five. I would love to see him put on more weight over the next few years. Um, really dedicate himself in the off season to the weight room, uh, to see him continue um, to grow defensively. I think he has the tools and the drive to be good defensively. The Thunder have really been challenging him uh, to be a good defender. If he's not a good defender, I think his ultimate ceiling is to be like, probably like a poor man's Lou Williams. And I don't want that for Trey. I think his ceiling, if, if he becomes a better defender, is closer to like a CJ McCollum type which would be awesome. He has the same type of off-the-dribble game as CJ. He's got about the same size as CJ. He's actually a little bit taller. And then if he can become a better defender, if he can just become like an average defender, I mean, I could see him starting for this team in the future, honestly. Uh, I really like what Trey offers. I think his offensive upside is is just limitless. The way he is so shifty, his hesitation game um, is elite. It's not comparing him to these guys, but his hesitation game has like shades of Steph Curry 
and shades of um, Trey Young. Actually, friend of the podcast, Keandre, who who is Hoop Intellect on Twitter and on, on YouTube. He does great video breakdowns. Uh, he kind of comped Trey Mann to Darius Garland, who's having a breakout season. Um, but Trey's bigger than Darius. And so I like those comps. That The hesitation game is there. The step back game is there. Uh, the ball handling is there. As he continues to become more comfortable uh, shooting in the NBA, I think there's a lot of upside for Trey, so I'm really excited. Uh, and then lastly, since Kenrich was out tonight, uh, we got to see more of Ty Jerome. He played 14 minutes tonight, 6 of 10 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, uh, but 12 points. Ty just comes in and makes stuff happen. He is very fearless, and you, I thought you saw that again tonight with his attacking the rim, uh, getting constantly getting downhill, trying to get in amongst the trees to be physical. Uh, he really likes that floater game as well. The Thunder, it's kind of funny. Russell Westbrook has never shot a floater in his life. Uh, and he's who the Thunder had at guard for so, so, so long. And now the Thunder have guards that like only want to shoot floaters, which is kind of funny. And Shea and Giddy uh, and Ty and Trey, they all like the floater game. So it's kind of funny, the the massive shift there. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, which I just thought it was something fun tonight. Uh, I, I love whenever we start to get to see some energy and some passion uh, and some personality from these guys. Josh Giddy talking some shit in the game to Davis Bertons. I kind of love it. They were going back and forth. Um, there was a play. I think Giddy got fouled and he started chirping and Davis started chirping back. Um, and then Davis like hit him pretty hard on like a box out and Josh got mad. Um, Josh was guarding him and Bertons hit a three. And then Josh came back down and hit an off the dribble step back. And then on their way back down the court, he was like looking at Bertons and he was just talking that trash. And then Bertons hit an even deeper three and it was like back to back three, three, three. Um, but they were going at it and I kind of love it. Like if I were a 19 year old in the NBA going up against elite athletes and people I had watched playing growing up, like I would be super intimidated. And, and I imagine some rookies are. But Josh is getting comfortable enough to talk trash to guys, and I love it. Like it shows a little bit of his personality. It shows how much of a competitor he is. Um, and he's got some dog in him. Like the dude just he apparently he talked a lot of trash over in Australia as well. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. It, it just it shows some of his personality, and I love the competitive juices that get flowing there. Uh, whenever you get chirping with somebody else. No, I don't want Josh Giddy to get in a three-point shootout with Davis Bertans because Bertans can shoot the leather off the ball. But still, fun nonetheless. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that's going to be it for us tonight, guys. If you joined the live stream tonight, uh, late live stream, thanks so much. Uh, sorry we got going so late here. I just had a lot going on tonight. But appreciate you guys anyways. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this. I uh, just want to say again, thank you guys so, so, so much. If you enjoyed what you've heard and you're not subscribed to our show, feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We drop shows after every Thunder game and every Sunday night. Is Sunday nights are bigger. Um, we call it our group podcast. It's just where we break down things from the week, the NBA as a whole, instead of just the Thunder. Uh, so we would love if you would subscribe, drop a five-star rating, 
uh, and then screenshot that five-star rating and DM it to us on any of our social media channels, um, we will mail you out some uncontested stickers. We're, I've been mailing them worldwide. People are sending in pictures of their stickers and wherever they've, they've posted them at, which is awesome. So if you want some stickers, just drop a five-star and DM me uh, your screenshot, and then we will get some stickers mailed to you. I'll mail them to all ends of the earth. We'll be back with you guys again Thursday night after I think the Thunder take on Brooklyn Thursday. Uh, So we'll be back with you guys Thursday night. Until then, please stay safe and stay healthy. We know Omicron is uh, it's on one right now. So we love you guys. We love our listeners. We want you guys to be healthy and safe and and, uh, enjoy your family uh, safely. So please do that. We will talk to you again Thursday. Until then, and always. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.